Good afternoon. It's 12 o'clock. Lunch time. We're, we're about to eat some some nice platable word I've got right now. It's gonna bring you to a point of who you are in Him. And you're worth the Father God's attention. Many say, Am I am I worth Father God's attention? Well, I'm gonna tell you. You are. Doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what continues to be going wrong in your life. The only reason why we keep falling into things that we're not supposed to is because we have not realized, we have not known, and we have not ascertained of the truth that God has given us in His Word. We have so many leaders, so many pastors, so many so-called apostles and so-called prophets and so-called teachers and evangelists that keep telling you lies. And if you listen to those words, it will bring you death. It will bring you to a point that you will be asking yourself, am I really worth Father God's attention? Well, today, I'm going to give you hope. Because the hope that's in me is Christ. And the hope that's in you is Christ. The hope that's in everybody, in all mankind, is Christ. So Father God is actually quite comfortable with you. Did you know that? When the men at Corinth, that were still called saints, were still going to temple prostitutes after they accepted Christ, Paul had a few words with them. Not harsh, angry, judgmental words, but very insightful words. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 17, he said, Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says shall become one flesh but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him Christ did not abandon his home within them even when they went to prostitutes it was the opposite Christ in you belongs there and you belong to him let your awareness of him keep you from sin not your awareness of sin keep you from Father God. Let me repeat this again. Let your awareness of Him or of Christ keep you from sin. Not your awareness of sin keep you from Father God. We have looked at words like union, reconciliation, and righteousness. But today I want you to get the perspective that comes from Redemption. Redemption. There is a message that redemption sends our hearts. You are worth the blood of Jesus. Do you know that the word redemption means it is 
to pay a price and buy out of slavery or debt in order to set free and restore to Father God's original creative value and purpose? What is your value? How much is a birth worth? A palm cockatoo can go for about $16,000. Jesus said you are more valuable than the birds of the air. How much are we worth according to sheep value? Sheep sell for about $100 each. Jesus said, is not a person more valuable than a sheep? So how much are we worth according to the accumulated wealth of the world? $14 trillion just for the GNP in America in one year. Jesus said, What is it if you gain the whole world and lose your, your own soul? Apparently, he thinks your soul is worth more than that. And it was. Because he married your soul. Your soul in Christ is one. That's why the new man or the resurrected Christ in you is a life-giving spirit, not a living soul. Think about that. So in Matthew 13, 44, it says, Jesus paints a word picture to describe how much he thinks you are worth in the kingdom of God. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Father God's kingdom is like this. A man, Jesus, found treasure, the image of Father God hidden in you, hidden in the field, covered with dirt in the world. And for the joy of you, he gives everything to possess you as his own. Peter 1, 18, 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. Redemption is a public display of your created value. If I buy a sweet tea at McDonald's and pay $1, $1 for it, it is because I believe it is worth $1 to give in exchange. God thinks the value of you, his creation, is worth way more. You are worth the sacrifice of Jesus, his precious lifeblood in exchange for you. Remember the Christmas song, Oh, holy night. One line says, Long lay the world in sin and error pinning till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Have you felt your worth to Father God? You have the right to. That is the power of redemption. The reason many of us struggle in our relationship with God is because we don't understand what happened in the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification of Christ. In order to help people understand, I taught a class called Unshakable, which contains over nine hours of insightful teaching and foundations. So, you are more worth 
than anything to God. You are not... You are not weird to God. What is weirder than thinking there is something that stands between you and Father God? That seems normal to many people. But it is not to Father God. He reconciled. He re... He what? He redeemed you. He reconciled us all to himself before we believed it and received the truth in our hearts. You might be odd or it could be you are resisting the grace of God in your life, but God is not at odds with you. Father God is not trolling through your life looking to cause chaos and disruption to teach you a lesson. On the contrary, he has removed every obstacle between you before you asked him. The only weird thing between you and Father God is not believing what he has done. What has Father God done? What has Father God finished and completed? You are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ, through Christ, by the virtue of Christ, not by your own will, not by your own desires or decision or anything. No, you couldn't do it. But Jesus, as a representative of all mankind, he was able to do it. That's why we are all, and I mean all mankind, are seated at the right hand of the Father. But many of us don't see it. Many see it, but they get stuck in religion. They they tell they they start hearing words of religion and then they start doubting again. No, you gotta stay believing and know and ascertain by the, that truth that's within you. Do you know what reconciliation is? Some see the word in scripture to refer to the accounting books of heaven being clear. But it is really more of a relational word instead of a legal or accounting word. Did you know that you were reconciled to Father God before you accepted his love for you? While you were still running in the other direction? Understanding reconciliation is one of the most life-giving truths in Bible. That is awesome. Romans 5, 10 and 11 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. <laughs> if you don't understand that, if you cannot see that word in you or manifested on you then you're stuck in religion and what your pastor's teaching you to keep you in bondage to his doctrines to his dogmas and only to his way but you know what there's only one head there's no too many heads there's only one head and that's what I tell uh, that's what I have said about the Pope he ain't the head over the church Christ is not him the Pope is an imposter Christ is the head of the body. Nobody is the head of any church. 
Christ is. And if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, I hope you repent and stop thinking that you are over those people. God put you there to lead them to the truth and you have put them in bondage. When I teach on this verse, I had students paraphrase it so it would impact their hearts. Here is mine. Same verse, Romans 5, 10, 11. Even while I was living my life in resistance and defiance to the expectations and truth of Father God, He decided to remove every obstacle through the death of Jesus Christ. My sins were removed while I was still committing them before any change occurred in me. Imagine how saved healed, whole, and delivered I am once I received and accepted and begin to draw on the very life of Father God within me. Wow. That's not all. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus the Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is that God was in Christ reconciling reconciling the whole world or the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us a word of reconciliation. Pastors, stop imputing the trespasses to your people or the people of God. Stop. They are the righteousness of God. They are holy, not because of their own doing, because of the virtue of Christ in them. Think carefully about what Paul said. God has reconciled everyone through Christ and is not imputing or counting the sins of the world against them. And here is my prayer face on 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20. God, or Father God, did all the work himself. You can't do nothing. You listen to me, pastor, leader, or so-called apostles, or so-called prophets, or teachers, or evangelists. Listen to this. God, Father God, did all the work himself. He changed this situation for the whole world of mankind. He comes not as an opponent, but as a friend through Christ's ministry. Christ's ministry, not your ministry. He has left no obstacles to unity and peace because he is not counting the sins of the world against us. Now by divine appointment, I have received the ministry not of bringing about reconciliation, but of announcing this wonderful change that has already occurred in the way of Father God deals with people. That is so amazing. He has given us the ministry not of getting people right with God. Let me repeat that again. Pastors, leaders, TBN, whoever you are. He has given us the ministry not of getting people right with Father God, but announcing that Father God has removed all the obstacles for relationship. The gospel is declaration of good news, not an activity 
of individuals cleaning up enough to please God. <laughs> Let me repeat that again. The gospel is a declaration of good news, not an activity of, in the, of individuals cleaning up enough to please Father God. Oh, my Lord. We bless every single person that is listening to this word. I told you it was meat of the word. It was lunchtime, but lunchtime of the word. I hope you know how to chew the cut. Father God reconciled us through the death of his son. How? Because whatever was happening to Jesus was also happening or counted for us. As the son of man, he represented us all in his incarnation. His death was our death. His crucifixion was our crucifixion. His burial was our burial. When he was raised or when he was quickened, we were quickened. When he was raised, we were raised. And now that he's seated, we are seated with him. The Lamb of God carried all our sin away. Our mistaken identity. Out of mistaken identity, you start doing things that are called sins. Because of a mistaken identity of religion, because that's basically what it is. Religion has blinded many of you, even the elect. And I see it on TBN. All these Florida pastors, all these New Mexico pastors, all these California pastors. That's why I don't listen to TBN at all. I listen to the spirit that's within me because it is a life-giving spirit. And all I get from that, all I get from that life-giving spirit is life and life abundantly. Plus, you were born under grace. When Jesus Christ was resurrected, quickened, raised, and seated, you were born through that. Because you and I have never been under the law. Notice what Paul says. Romans 4.15 says, For where there is no law, there is no transgression. There is no law in you. It is Christ. Romans 5.13 says, For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Did you get it? Christ's crucifixion, Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection, plus the removal of the law was reconciled us all to Father God before we accepted it. From his per perspective, the only thing separating us from him is our unbelief. And that is the biggest sin in many of these religious organizations. It is unbelief. I can tell you for a fact it is unbelief because I hear it in their songs. I hear it in the preaching. And I hear it in the minds when they speak. I hear it in the words. 
The only thing separating us from him is our unbelief in what he has accomplished. That is why Jesus said when the spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. Of sin because they don't believe. John 16 verse 8. Why not change your mind and allow the faithfulness of Father God to produce faith in you today? Father God is not at odds with you. One of the reasons that we struggle in our relationship with Father God is that we don't understand what happened in the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification of Christ. Do you understand what was happening on the cross? Do you know what Jesus was doing in Hades for three days? Huh. Meditate on that. I just want to clear something. You're not an outsider trying to get into Father God. You're not. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is you within you. Father God is living within you. Christ is Father God. The Holy Spirit is Father God. I remember a time when I saw myself as an outsider trying to get into God's presence. And my life was right. My prayers were fervent. And I was patient waiting on Him. Eventually, He would let me into that place of experiencing Him. Instead of Jesus standing at the door and knocking, I was the one. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. This is often how we view Father God. Not very biblical, but it makes for great manipulation of people, right? Manipulation. Big word. Pay attention. Practically, it looked like tearing in constant introspection and sin awareness. It meant not being sure that when I prayed for someone, that I was connected enough or that I had prayed enough to get Father God to show up in my preaching or ministry. What about you? Have you ever felt that way? Do you feel like you are never quite right with Father God? Feel like Father God answers prayers and does things for others, but not for you because you aren't quite good enough? Religion is trying to do good to get in. Repenting enough to get in, praying enough, etc., etc. The law is religion. Do good, avoid evil, and then you will be blessed and favored. <laughs> My God, in Christ, we are favored forever and ever. Amen. But the gospel is that Christ brought you in and you are invited to believe it. What if I told you that you are as right with Father God as Jesus is? Would you believe it? It's true. It's true. Was Spurgeon, Spurgeon said one time, the master came one night to the door and knocked with the iron hand of the law. The door shook and trembled upon, upon its hinges, but the man piled every piece of furniture which, which he could find against the door, for he said, I will not admit 
the man. The master turned away, but by and by he came back, and with his own south hand using most that part where the nail had penetrated, he knocked again. Oh, so softly and tenderly. This time the door did not shake. But the strange to say, it opened. And there upon his knees, the once a willing host was found rejoicing to receive his guest. Come in, come in. Thou hast so knocked that my innermost being is moved for thee. I could not think of thy pierced hand, leaving its blood mark on my door. And of thy going away houseless, thy head filled with dew, and thy locks with drops of the night, I yield, I yield, thy love has won my heart. So in every case, loving kindness wins the day. What Moses with the tablets of stone could never do, Christ does with his pierced hand. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, Morning and Evening. The law including the Ten Commandments, and it had several purposes. To silence boasting, Romans 3, verse 19 and 27. To reveal how all have sinned, Romans 3, 19 and 23. To define sin, death, Romans 3, verse 20. And to make sin, sin exceedingly sinful and strengthen sin, Romans 7, 13, 1 Corinthians 1556 by bringing striving by bringing striving out from within revealing the sin was the attempt to become like Father God instead of resting in Father God Romans 5 and 7 but it was never meant to make anyone righteous through the law was the knowledge of sin not the knowledge of Father God at the giving of the law, they said, And this will be righteousness to us. Deuteronomy 6, verse 25. Father God didn't say that. They did. So how do we get free from or free of the law? As Gentiles, we were never under the law to begin with. Though, according to Paul, we were all still subject to sin and death, even without the law. The law is dead and gone. It is not that you are simply not under the law, but under grace. The law has been abolished and removed permanently. It doesn't exist anymore. It was a shadow, while the reality of Christ. Hebrews 8 verse 13 says that the new covenant made the old obsolete, but it was still fading away after the cross. It didn't completely disappear until A.D. 70. When the temple, the Levitical priesthood, the sacrifices, and the city were destroyed by the Romans. And that was and that was the second coming of Christ. That was the second coming. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 and 18 that until all the law was fulfilled, not one single crossing of the T nor dotting of the I could be changed. Jesus did not fulfill the law at the cross because there were still many unfulfilled prophecies that had to be fulfilled before it could be abolished. Hebrews 10 verse 30 and Deuteronomy 32 verse 35. For instance, you can read more about that. In, about that, there's an article that I, I I'll see if uh, I'll see if I read off uh, that article, which is why is it why it is finished was finished in A.D. 70. How you became an insider. Here's a beautiful truth. Romans 7, 1 through 4. 
Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear the fruit of Father God. Just like a person is free to remarry, if their spouse dies, so in a similar way, because Jesus died, he was no longer under the jurisdiction of the law and free to establish a new covenant. But that is not all. That is not all. See, in Jesus was a representing, was re, he was representing man, mankind, under the law. Listen to that. Jesus was representing mankind under the law. But he died. Guess what? All mankind died. And the law was abolished. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. So you also died to the law through the body of Christ. Through his representation of all mankind within himself as the Son of Man, so that everyone was free of the jurisdiction of the law's authority. Now you are under the authority of a life-giving spirit in you. Father God set things right with himself through the incarnational representative work of Christ. When Christ died, you died with him. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that if one died for all, and therefore all died. The Jews in Paul's day were free of the law's demands but refused to embrace the freedom through Christ and instead read headlong into their own destruction and self-inflicted violence in A.D. 70, just as the law promised. Paul said in Romans 1, 16 and 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of Father God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For in it the righteousness from Father God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father God included all mankind in Christ's death on the cross. It is his way of making us right, or setting us, setting us right in right relationship with himself. Is Christ righteous? Through his body, whatever happened to Jesus was happening to you. This was Father God's way of righteousness. In other words, you are as right with Father God as Jesus is. Can you see that? Can you believe it? Would you be able to believe this? Or is this... Are you still on that milk of the word? You can't... You don't have teeth yet, huh? To chew on the... To chew on this meat, huh? You still sucking on that baby bottle with milk in it, huh? You still sucking on that. You still... 
jumping up and down, screaming, running back and forth. You know, used to doing all that, huh? I used to be there. But I thank God that He has awakened me. I thank God for awakening the spirit within me, the life-giving spirit that's within me. And that's where I've been taught. That's where I've been taught everything that I'm telling you. Oh my gosh. So you are not on the outside looking in. You are being invited to believe the good news of a past event. Just like death, sin was passed to mankind through Adam. By no merit of our own, Christ's righteousness, holiness, sanctification, redemption, and a life-giving spirit is credited to us through no merit of our own. So stop, stop listening that you have to do to be. Stop listening to all that lies. That's all it is. Lies to keep you in bondage so you can be, oh, yes, pastor. Yes, 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 pastor. Okay, okay, pastor. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, no problem, no problem. No. No. Don't get me wrong. If you have a serving heart, you will serve. But you will serve the right people and you will serve the correct way. I have a servant heart. I am humble. But I will speak the truth. I will tell you. I don't care if you have been 30 years, 40 years, 50 years in the ministry. I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. And that you're hurting those people in your congregation. If you're listening to me. I'm telling you. I will speak and tell you that you are wrong. I wish I could tell TBN that they're wrong, but you know what? I can't. Because they won't let me. So Christ's righteousness and life is credited to us through no merit of our own. We are too wholeheartedly yield to it in faith. Not your faith. Christ's faith in you. When you let his faith in you manifest through you. It's a different view of every man, of every woman. A different view of this world. A different view of everything that you do. God is not here to impute sin on you. God is here to tell you that you are the righteousness of Father God. Not by your own merit, but by the merit of Jesus that represented all mankind. And we were all related to what he went through. And then as he was resurrected, we all were born again. Born again by the loins of the Father, by the seed of God, through Christ. That's why I am so adamant that 
you are righteous and you are holy. If you cannot see that righteousness and holiness in you, then you have not known the Father. And you're just going by your doctrine that the, te that the pastors teach you. You are going by their denomination. You are going by their dogmas. And you are going by their thinking, their carnal mind thinking. You want to know who the enemy is? It is a carnal mind. And if there's a pastor with a carnal mind that's telling you all this, that's telling you that you have to do to be, that you have to do all these things under, under the law, that's carnal mind thinking. The law was a carnality. But Jesus Christ, Jesus the Christ dealt with that on the cross when Jesus represented all mankind it died that's why we are under a new covenant and it's not our covenant it's not the covenant that God made with us it is a covenant that God made with Jesus but since we were in union with Jesus we are under that new covenant which is Christ. Remember that verse that Paul says, Brothers, if it could think on these things, and then he goes on mentioning the things that you could think. All, uh, let me see. Think on these things. Let me see if I can find that verse for you. Give me a second. I'm going to find it in a bit. And here it is. Philippians 4 verse 8. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true. Okay. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Praise worthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of, God of peace will be with you. There's no law. There's no law, not unless you bring it into your own conscious awareness of the law. There's no sin, not unless you bring it into the conscious awareness of your members. Does sin exist anymore? Does sin exist anymore? No. Does bad behavior, murder, hatred, and lying still exist? Yes, of course. When we think sin, we think disobedience to Father God, breaking the law of God, sinful behavior. That is which offends Father God and so on. But is that really what sin is? Until the next time, I will tell you about does sin exist anymore? That will be my next one. Stay tuned.
because you will be blessed. Not because of me, but the Christ in you is going to bless you. Christ in you is going to waken you up. Christ in you is going to lift up that spirit that's within you. That beast that's in you, which is religion. Now, I cannot say, I bless you. But I can say, Christ and myself bless you. Because it is Him. It is not me. I can never say, let me pray for you so you can get healed. No. I'm going to say, let the Christ Spirit in me pray that you may get healed. But you're already healed. You just need to awaken to that health that God is. Father God is our health. You're already healed. Completely. Fully, completely. His glorious body is changing the glorious body. Our glorious, our body into His glorious body. Be blessed. Until next time, be ready to listen. The sin exists anymore. Bet you I'm going to be getting a lot of calls from pastors. What are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? You're going to be blessed because God is going to bless you with what's coming up next. Until then, happy Sunday. I hope you enjoyed the nice steak we had. I know it was juicy steak because you know what? I know you can chew the cut and I know that you can enjoy this meat of the word and I know you did enjoy it and I'm happy for you and keep listening repeat this message over and over as much as you can so you can hear the truths the more you hear it the more the baby will jump or leap in you until then we bless you.